Craft Beer Radio episode 489, Friday, February 1st, 2019. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show where we uh, review beers, talk about the flavors, and drink the beers. Mm. So we have a lot of beers here from listener, a special guest on the show, John Teigel and Cindy. And what should we start with? One of these German beers. How about this wheat beer? All right. So uh, this is the... Let me get the exact name here because I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this perfectly. Endescher... It's a gusher. Weissbeer Hell. Uh, Hell means bright in German. So it's a bright... Weiss or Weiss beer. Bright, gushy beer. It's gushing out. Um, it's got. Well, it looks like a. Looks like it should. It looks like a heifer. You have to. You did a little bit of rolling the. Um, ro- like a rolling pin. You're yeah. rolling the beer to, to distribute the yeast. Yes, but it shouldn't have been enough to upset the beer like it was upset when I opened it. But who knows? Weiss beer hell. Uh, John said that uh, he was actually been to this brewery when he saw a ski trip in Germany. Mm. Smells right. Has a nice wheat and clove, little circus peanut. Yeah, uh, see, I'm getting mostly like a lemony type, you know, lemongrass type wheat smell. So I guess they have have their Weiss beer hell and their Weiss beer... Dunkle. Okay. Or Dunkle. I like saying Dunkle. I don't know. I don't think that's the way most people say it, but I just like the way it sounds. Off Deutsch. Yeah. Has really good flavor. It has a nice sweet, like, parent sweetness to it. You're getting a lot of ton, a ton of esters. Banana, vanilla, circuit peanut, like circus peanut, like Greg said, he smelled the aroma. I wasn't getting the aroma, but definitely in the flavor. Mm. Full bodied. Just outside of Munich, Bavaria. This is part of the Benedictine monastery. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a um, nice, really nice full body. I really like the body on mm-hmm. this one. It's got a nice tang to it. Yeah, this is. This is really good. This is one of my favorite whip beers, or I'm sorry, Hefeweizens. Um, that's good. Um, yeah, the yeast is doing some some interesting things here. It's um, it's it's going clovey. It's a little bit, um, a little like anisey too, mm-hmm. and uh. It's it's like not straightforwardly banana, or really circus. I mean, there's that sweetness there, but I'm getting more nuance on on the the phenolic stuff, mm-hmm. the spice stuff. There's like a vanilla thing in there too. Mm-hmm. I just I'm in love with this body, this thick, I, yeah, thick creamy body. Body Holy is hell. really nice. Because usually these get these can kind of be a little thin, um, especially when it's a gusher. Yeah. But no, this one just is so chewy, so full. It's uh, just satisfying. Mm. 
So why do you think it gushed? I don't know. It doesn't... Maybe it was overprimed or something. I don't know. I mean, it seems a little fizzy, but not really too fizzy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how fine the bubbles are in the glass, right? Yeah. It doesn't taste but, off or anything. Yeah. So. Maybe just the way I rolled it, just I excited it too much. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that was sedate enough that it would have been fine. Yeah, it seemed slow enough. It didn't seem mm-hmm. like you were really going, you yeah. weren't like shaking it up or anything. Yeah. So this is, again... Amdex, A-N-D-E-C-H-S, Weissbeer Hell. Pretty good. Thanks, John. I think it says 1455 is when the brewery started. That's it? So, you know, old by Western American standards, but we've had Native Americans in this in this area for <laughs> thousands more years, so. Yeah. Okay. They weren't making beer, though? Uh, well, they were making beer-like things, weren't they? They are certainly making alcohol. Perhaps. You would think so. I'd have to... I'd, I'd be curious because, you know, they have that sensitivity to... Or proclivity to alcoholism. Well, at the very least... Right? At the very so least, I'd the Mayans were, right? And, yeah. and, and those areas, yeah. so... Yeah, I'd be curious to see what, like, what the culture was like in, in alcohol consumption. <clears throat> All right. Well, since we're doing European beers, let's do this porter that John sent us as well. Okay. So this is... Now, I have a pronunciation guide for this. Zivietz. Zivietz. Z-Y-W-I-E-C. Good thing you have a pronunciation guide. You sound smart. A half liter of porter beer. So, yeah, um, 9.5% alcohol by volume. That's, well, not not too shabby. <laughs> no. It's the original Zeviet recipe. Since 1881. So this is slightly newer in brewery yeah. than 1445. 1455, sorry. I want to give it 10 years more than it. Should have. And where's Zeviet's at? Uh, so I believe they are owned by Heineken, I think. Um, I'm looking here. I'm trying to figure it out. It's imported by... Poland. They're Poland. Polish. Okay. I love this. On the back label, it has Best Before in this big red bar where mm-hmm. there's a code on it. And the code is... L one eight six. Oh, those are sixes. Okay, so L eight sixteen 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 B twenty fifty four. Best Buy. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. <laughs> Got it just in time. <laughs> Interesting. So Javits. Imported by Amtech International, so maybe not Heineken. I don't know. Uh, is it rapier? No, it was Beer Advocate that said it was Heineken. Okay. So it pours really dark. I mean, this is like Imperial Baltic Porter, and it is, you know, from Poland. <clears throat> like, mm. Likely. Mm. Lots of roastiness on there. Yeah. 
Lots of raisin prune aromas as well. Even the head is a pretty dark tan. It says four types of malt. I believe it at 9%. Oh, this uh, has one of these labels that has a glass change to blue color to indicate ideal temperature. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's not cold enough. Nope. Womp womp. It's like the silver bullet. <laughs> hmm. It's really roasty on the flavor. Really roasty. Has some of those dark fruits to it. Has kind of a, a chocolatey, dark or toffee type flavor to it. Body's um, decent. It's a little thinner than I would have expected, but still pretty. Coming off a very full, full heffa. Mm-hmm. This does feel a little bit thinner, which is, you know, kind of odd. I would have expected a Polish porter to be a little more lagery. A lot of those Eastern European, you know, porters and stuff have like a lager base to it. This mm-hmm. one has some good esters to it. It's not quite, you know, tinny or anything like that underneath. Like if you think of like Baltica, right, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. This one has a lot more um, roundness to it than Baltica does. Very much stays sort of roasty on, on it, you know, continually roasty flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hiding its alcohol well. And nearly 10%. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like it. It seems like it's big up there. It seems like it's over 8, right? But yeah, maybe it doesn't feel a full on 10, 9.5. It's pretty good. So this is uh, this says eighteen eighty one porter beer on it. They also on their website they just say they have a regular porter, but I don't know if this is the same thing um, because it says Bruden's in Jeviet since eighteen eighty one. So okay. I think it's just a different you know different, different label. label could be. But they say its flavor and health giving properties have been known and appreciated by generations of beer lovers. Hmm. Health giving, huh? Of course, sure. Well, when all the water was poisoned, it was health-giving. I, I saw something about that, and there it wasn't the case that every that all water was poisoned. Okay. It was because um, I mean, if you lived near a good stream or something, you were fine. It was you yeah. know, it was more in industrial places in large cities and right. things like that. Makes sense. But, you know, germ theory wasn't really a thing, so right. it was kind of just magical why one clear glass of water got you sick and another one didn't, mm-hmm. right? That's pretty good. I like that. As, as I drank into it, the kind of the sharp edges of the roastiness, which really weren't all that sharp to begin with, they really mellowed out. Uh, that one had a creaminess, too, as well. It, it almost, uh... yeah, it's good. Good stuff, JD. Yes. Let's do this beer you brought back from... And Cindy. Yes. Let's do the beer you brought back from uh, Arizona. All right, so this is Santa Fe 7K IPA. Ooh, lots of rhyming there. <laughs> or alliteration or something. It's not alliteration, it's rhyme. Because alliteration would be the first yeah. syllable of the same. 
They call this a West Coast IPA, 7% alcohol by volume, 70 IBU. Simcoe, Mosaic, and Eldorado with Amarillo. Interesting. Look, it's not easy. Wow. 7K, no hazy. It's golden. Has a little protein, you know, chill haze to it, mm. but not a hazy IPA. Ooh, big so this aroma. This from New Mexico and Arizona, but oh, okay. it close enough. Yeah. Big um, Simcoe aroma there. Well, did you hear? Did, did you hear the hops that I announced? Amarillo and Eldorado and Simcoe and Mo- Motueka Mosaic. Mosaic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that smells. <laughs> it smells danky. It smells. A little bit of mango in there if you look for it, but yeah, mostly yeah, it's yeah. like it's kind of like or like really juicy orange, like clementine. It's so the seven K refers to the fact that there's seven thousand one hundred ninety eight feet above sea level. Um, yeah, there. That's it's it's high. It's high up, and that's our area. Like when I was in the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. it's. It's high, so it's it's cold, okay. even in the desert. Right. Yeah, so the aroma is just this juicy, dank IPA. The flavor is a lot of the same. I'm getting really good citrus flavors, clementines. That's the main thing I'm getting, but there's some nuance of some mango in there. It's juicy. There's a sweet finish to it. Hmm. I like this it. is about as good as a phase two and a half gets, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, I like, I like the blend here. Uh, I think they're using the the, the mosaic and Eldorado really nicely. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to, I think that they're. It feels like they're mostly using Amarillo more for bitterness than anything else. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't feel super sulfury. Mm-hmm. And the let me taste it again here. There's a lot of like apricot um and okay, yeah. And mango and a bit of guava. Hmm. I think that's a lot of the mosaic and maybe Eldorado okay. uh, influencing this. Pushing it into close to phase 3 territory in terms of hopping. So, I like that a lot cuz I'm not getting Chinooky stuff. I'm not getting uh, big uh, Doherty Amarillo. Mm-hmm. So this is this is good. This is real good. Yeah, this is uh, very expressive. Lots of great flavors. Like I mentioned earlier, it's some of the best phase two and a half style beers. When we say phase two and a half, that's because it's kind of straddling the line between the Simcoe world and the Mosaic world. Right. And you get... And actually, this one fits the moniker, too, I think, because you're getting big flavors from both sides. Yeah, but like I say, I think it's more towards Phase 3 because 
for for those who who don't know, let's you know we we haven't done this in a bit, so let's just go over mm-hmm. it briefly. Phase one was when we were like starting out. Those were when... the birth of American craft beer mm-hmm. hops, right? The Sea Hop, Cisco or Cisco, <laughs> <laughs> Centennial, Cascade, and Chinook. Um, and things grew out of there, right? You got, let's see, what are, and then I, I was going to name some of the ones which actually would actually call, qualify as phase two. Phase two was kind of during the IBU wars, and they started bringing out new hops right. that were dank and stinky. That was Amarillo, Tomahawk. Uh, Zeus, Warrior, Simcoe. Right. The, these big, resiny, and deeply bitter uh, sulfury. And Simcoe is the most popular of that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the, the 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 epitome of well, so there there's like I don't know. There's two sides to Phase Two. On one side, I I think that there's like the beginning of Phase Two is like arrogant bastard, and then on like the end of Phase Two is things like Double Simcoe, when it just <laughs> people just you know were overwhelming Simcoe. To the point where it just kind of, yeah. it, it it really, <laughs> it really just turned into onions. And But when it was, I don't know, when it was new, that was, it was noteworthy, I yeah, remember. Yeah, for sure, but I never liked it, but I, I got it. I mm-hmm. understood where people were going, but I wasn't a fan of it. Um, then comes along Mosaic and these more uh, fruity, tropical ones that really play, hops the play down the bitterness considerably mm-hmm. and that's when phase three starts and this this is this new uh, the, the weirdly i think that the introduction to phase three was fruity beers you know adding like, like grapefruit and other things to beers to accentuate I, I, I them i think that's a little bit orthogonal actually perhaps it happened at the same time roughly yeah, yeah. phase three came sure out. no I, I would say it's orthogonal kind of like how hazies are orthogonal to so, I mean, there's some relationships, but they're not they're not in lockstep with the, the kinds of hops that are coming out. I, I guess not. In, t- in terms of the, the phase thing is more of a of what hops are being sort of celebrated, right, in, mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. beer. And then the, the styles are, yeah, I guess they're sort of on a different... They're different. They're, they're somewhere. In the, they're they're complex. They're I saw a tweet. Flame. I saw a tweet the other day. Uh, I think it was from Hart. It was a uh, brute IPA, the style that no one asked for. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of those. <laughs> uh, we have one of them today, actually. This one, the Port City. Okay. Uh, what is this? Oh, black IPA. <laughs> <laughs> but really, who asked for styles? Right? I mean, who asked yeah. for hazies? No one asked for them. Right. They came, and then we, we, we you and I, love them mm-hmm. once we got into them. Yeah. We had to get through that barrier, but we sure do like them. <laughs> they sure are nice. But this is really good, this yeah. 7K IPA. This is refreshing and nice, and the more, the more I drink, the more it... It phase three ishes to me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I think towards the end it got kind of numb to the the more the, the tropicals came out. I got more a little numb to kind of the more bitter mm-hmm. citrix citruses in there and this the dank parts. And that, we shouldn't. I mean, we didn't talk about the malts at all, but there was a nice sort of caramel. Mm-hmm. It had like, a good sweetness through, yeah. the, through it. It was it was a hell of a beer. I'm trying to remember the other Santa Fe's that you've brought back. I think this is probably this is the, top of the. Oh, I think class. so. That was that was really pretty excellent. Mm-hmm. 
I remember having a couple other good bottles from them. And this is one of those ones that I got because if you look at the bottom... It actually had a date. Well, it has a Best Buy date, which was in... Still uh, three months out. Yeah. In April, so... All right, let's go back to on JD's beers. He lives uh, in one of his local breweries is Port City. He is like the exclusive provider of Port City beers for the show, practically. And this is uh, Long Black Veil. Okay, so oh, Citra is a is a big sort of it's a straddling hop, right? Yeah. That that's kind of half phase two, half phase. Yeah, three. it came out in phase two, but it has. Some nuance to yeah. phase three, but I feel like mosaics is is what kicked off phase three for good, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm reminded of Citra only because I read what was in the hops on this guy, which okay. is Citra Centennial and Magnum. It is a very phase two hopping. Yeah, this is a black IPA. So this thing's almost as black as that porter. <laughs> There's a little highlight to it around the edges. The head is a tan, dark tan as well. This is a dark black IPA, you know, where some of them are dark sitting in your glass, but when you hold them up to light, light still shines through. There have been two kind of versions of black IPA. There's been one that, that came around when Stone started to bring around this new malt called Carafa, which was dark without having dark flavors, and it was just mm-hmm. sort of a, a gimmick. And then people started to actually say, well, what if we actually make roasty malts into this IPA. And mm-hmm. it looks like that's what they're doing here because they, they they have a generous amounts of dark malt for balance. So Yeah, we'll have to see. Um like Greg says style no one's asked for. I can count on um just a few fingers of one hand uh black IPAs that I've I've found truly good. And it's it's never something that you go to a bar and you're like, ooh, a black IPA. Right? I mean Yeah. Or Cascadian Dark Ale. <laughs> it's how you heard some people call it. That's crazy. So the aroma, I'm getting this kind of knot of, of roast and pine or something like that. Oh, that's an interesting way to, to look at it. Yeah, a little bit like... It's like pine sap or... They're like maple and, and pine sap together, right? Yeah. Pretty sappy. <laughs> Moving on to the flavor. What is it? It's, uh... It tastes like it smells. It tastes like a tree trunk. Yeah. Um, Sappy. Like, yeah, it's pine sap is kind of what lingers on the yeah. tongue. Hmm. Almost, you know, a little bit turpentine in there or something like that. But maybe not as sharp and accurate, right? Maybe more. Yeah. Pine sap's, pine sap's more accurate. It's... Hmm... It's not bad. I'm not throwing it out, but it just doesn't. What is it though? What what is good about it? I mean, like what what's redeeming about this? Yeah. All right. Sixty five IBU. What's the uh, alcohol? 
6.8. Nearly 7%. You have to question whether it's worth your sobriety. I have to question whether it's worth... It's not... It's not a... It's no, it's not bad. Is it good? Like, what is good? What's one good thing you like about this beer? Other than it, it's not it's competent. Other than it's not spoiled, right? Yeah. Um, I can see the roasts working if there was more sweetness there. Yeah, it's. I don't even. I can't, I'm not even sure how to describe the roasty part of it. It's not portery. It's not sports beery. It's. Mm-hmm. I don't even it's, know. I mean, I, I've talked about this before, but the there's sort of an uh, a kind of acidic tang to to charcoal. Okay. Uh, like if you really mm-hmm. roast, if you charcoal up a let's say a steak or something, and you just take the the part that's just been turned yeah. into carbon, mm-hmm. you get this kind of acidic tang from that. Mm-hmm. That's here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the hot, you know, now that I'm a few sips in, I'm tasting the hops some more, but they're, they're just like... It's citrus and tenial and magnum, I mean, that's a really... Yeah, it it, it seems like, it's I, I would call it Chinook, and it's like Chinook on, on a burnt steak, like you said, right? It's like Chinook on ash. Mm-hmm. So imagine pine needles on a burnt steak. Yeah, I don't like it. This one is not worth your sobriety. Uh, I mean, if you just wanted to get it's it it's competently made. It's not gross or anything. Yeah, it was put together well. I mean, put together you know, packaged and not spoiled, but mm-hmm. but a style that no one asked for. Okay, hop slam. So that's why I started the show with Slam from Onyx. Oh, tricky. So Hop Slam is like one of the original Phase 2s. Big, boisterous. So this is a a high alcohol show. This is 10%. Yep. Go big or go home, Greg. Okay, so they say... Six different hop varietals add to the brew kettle, culminating with a massive dry hop addition of Simcoe hops. Great. <laughs> Simcoe can, can surprise me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Simcoe can go crazy bad or crazy good. This was canned on January 15th. Nice. Yes. This is February 1st, so like 16 days ago. Alright, so this beer pours with a big foamy head. Yeah, another very clear IPA. Clear golden IPA. <laughs> There's honey in this one. I don't know if you mentioned that. It says on the front here it's a pale ale, double India pale ale brewed with honey. Uh did not don't see that on the the site. Okay. That's what the can says. Oh, and yeah, Hop Slam's in cans now. Everything's in cans now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I say that when four of our show show beers are in bottles. So. Yeah. Well, Hopslam is one of those OG beers mm. that you you know used to see in those squat bottles and 
compared to the Santa Fe, it's, it, the, the nose isn't very expressive. No, right? it, it's it, really close. It's off. surprising because it, how fresh it is. Right, I was expecting. Oof. Yeah, and the Santa Fe was the expressive mm-hmm. one. I mean, soon as, like I could smell it when I was pouring it. And now I got my nose deep in this glass, and the hop slam is. What is it? It's. It's a little pineapple-y. It's mostly malty. A little kinda. rose or strawberry, something along yeah. those lines. A little, I, th- I think I smell a little bit of like honey or like blossom or something. Here they put the independent craft label, but they don't put it facing down. They face it sideways, which is, I think, better. It's got to fit. <laughs> yeah, moving on to the flavor, the honey is really noticeable. Gives you a big sweet middle to the beer. Mm. In the end, you get a pretty bitter kick. The the hops uh, seem a bit closed off. Yeah, yeah. It it for for all the hops they they talk about throwing in here, and for how fresh it is, it doesn't taste like it. Mm-hmm. A different era, man. I suppose, but you'd think it's that they kind of, would. I mean, it seems kind of like a throwback to when you think of like, you know, arrogant bastard type bitterness and hoppiness, right? You know, this is the honey kind of mellows this guy out. And you in, know, in terms of like to... what's coming through the hops, though, I'm reminded more of something like sixty minute. I mean, this one's interesting. This is more. There's more of a bitter edge here, but this one's more bitter edge. I mean, this is more than just the hops, though. I, even though the name's Hop Slam, I mean, two sips in, and I feel like I'm mainlining the alcohol. Right? It's going right to my head. Yeah, yeah. It's not light on the alcohol. You definitely feel it, and maybe that's a function of, of flight too. Yeah. Just because we're five beers in. Yeah, well, I think we're definitely. Yeah, we've filled up the the <laughs> the, the the liver there, but. Yeah. Uh, um, so, I mean, all right. So I want to, to, instead of saying how this beer is surprisingly not hoppy in 2019, I would rather just talk about how this is like a strong ale and what I do like about it. So I'm going to I'm gonna take well, that focus. You can, but, I mean, the beer is called Hop Slam. It, it is. It kind yeah, it of is. throws itself out there. Mm-hmm. It's not... Yeah, it's shying away. It's definitely from... disappointing, especially when it chased that Santa Fe mm-hmm. in the pure hoppy enjoyment of the beer. But the beverage in the glass is a good beverage. Yeah, I think and... the honey plays with the malts very well. The and if you um, were not putting your microscope on it, yeah, you'd love it. All right, I mean, this is. It's not as good as the Santa Fe, but it, it's still plenty good. Yeah. I mean, there, I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a w- weird mood right now. But I think there's like, you can enjoy just an intoxicating beverage. And, you know, I kind of like how this one's hitting me and, you know, how the, how the booziness is playing with it, too. Oh, I, it's a very enjoyable beer. I, I don't want to sell it short, mm-hmm. but I do want to point out the, the name. hypocrisy. <laughs> of the name I mean yeah. it, it maybe it was a hop slam when it first came out but now mm-hmm. it's more like a, a, a hop thump 
Well, thump's better than thud, so. <laughs> is it? I feel like a thud is more impactful than a thump. This is a hop splat. <laughs> hop squish. <laughs> so, I. Oh, what is that? Well, that sounds like some. What? Sounds like some online shopping. So is, that, is that a piccolo? Or is that a. Which one? The one the left in the my left ear? That's an oboe. Yeah. But yeah, the one in your left ear, I think, was was that a piccolo maybe? Is uh, no. an accordion? Pic- piccolo would be very like airy and light. Anyway, if you want to purchase this album from or Piccolo, James or Galloway and, and Henry Mancini called Baby Elephant Walk, you get it on Amazon.com, but you don't want to go to Amazon.com. That could be Piccolo. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably Piccolo. There's like three of them there. They're playing in like a little bit of a synchrony. Or it's just reverbing. No, there's a flatness in there. It'd be really hard to get. It's like there's a on in tune, and then there's one that's down register a little bit. So that's a muted trombone or trumpet. Yeah, the mute. That's that's a clarinet or a sax. Maybe alto. It might be a soprano sax actually. Yeah, soprano sax. Yeah. I mean, alto is the normal one, but that might be some. Yeah. See an alto on a high register or soprano. Anyway, if you want to buy any of these great instruments, you can probably get them on craftyourradio.com slash Amazon. Yes. That's a flute. Yeah. I would agree. There's a lot of instrumentation going on in this when you listen to it. For sure. Craftyourradio.com slash Amazon. Support the show. Buy a baby elephant. (laughs) We are finishing up the hop slam, which is ten percent. It's it's uh it it's something. It's it's good. It's a good beer. It is, especially if you just think of it as double IPA, right? Without the name hop slam, classic double IPA. Bell's classic double IPA with honey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just think they're setting themselves up to fail with that name, you know? I mean, Well, it used to print money. I don't know if it still does, but... All right. And now it just prints disappointment. <laughs> All right, another JD beer. This is from Three Notched, with, a, with an apostrophe D instead of, H, instead of E-D at the end of <clears throat> Notched. Brewing company in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, this is... Peeled Oak Golden Sour Blend 3. 6.4% alcohol by volume, a whopping 4 IBU. Oh, the label says 5. Whoa! Well, shiver me timbers. That's like 20% more. <laughs> uh, Asian oak barrels with their house culture. Wonder how long they've been around. Sour house? 
Three Notched Brewing Company. Uh, three Notched. Sour, oh, Sour House is the line. Okay. They, the brewery really hides the name on the back of the label there. <laughs> Are there three notches somewhere on there? No. But if you look at the front, right, you... I mean, most people are going to think yes. of the place is called Sour House right. Brewing, right? That's what I thought when I first looked it up. And three notches all the way around on the back. They have three axes, so they're probably like lumberjacks who make beer. I'm trying to look for when this... In Charlottesville. Hipster lumberjacks in Charlottesville that make beer. Ooh, that smells good! Smell that beer, Greg. Well, here's the interesting thing. You talk about a culture, and I'm trying to figure out how old they are, how long they've been in business, because how old is their culture? Their house culture? Well, yeah. they probably came initially from a laboratory. Suey! Yeah, <laughs> no, don't that smell good? We're getting a yeah. kind of tart thing. There's a little bit of... It's a really nice kind of lactic culture with a bit of, I think... A bit of Brett character to it as well. There, there, there's yeah, a couple. Uh, I agree. You know, so what that means is it's kind of a tart, sour type aroma, where then it, there's some leatheriness or some mm-hmm. straw that comes in there. There's some stone, like there's like a limestone or granite type aroma in there too. There's kind of a mineraliness. The yeah, there's an apricot or a stone fruit thing in there as well, almost like peach pits. There is. That's a really good call. This one doesn't have fruit, right? Uh, I don't believe it does. Yeah, it's least... like it's just a blended golden sour. And oaked. Blended oaked golden sour. Peeled oak golden sour. I don't know what peeled means. Oh, peeled might be fruit. Yeah. Unless, oh, unless peeled the... oak refers to the, the oak itself. So, yeah, it could be. You know, it's a golden color, by the way. There's, there's, quick commercial production sours. Mm-hmm. There's classic Belgian lambics that have so much more development. And you know, when the sour craze first hit, and maybe when our palates weren't so developed, we were gaga for anything sour. Yeah, and. Then we started noticing that more and more sours just felt quick and manufactured. Right. That's a really and it, good way to put it, it. I don't know if the market changed. I think it's a little, I think it's two things. I think the market did change some and people are doing faster, mm-hmm. less complex sours. And then I also think our palates were got more definition to them. And we, the beers we, you know, the beers, kinds of beers we used to go gaga over just because they were sour, we were finding as, uh, I don't know. I'd still put like Westbrook goes up against any of them. And yeah, say I know. I'm not talking still... about them. I'm just, but, 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 I'm, not, but I'm, I'm like, and I wouldn't really talk about kettle sours. I'd be talking about like cellar sours. Oh, oh, those. Okay. Well, there, I think, you know, you nailed a while ago the problem of maturity, which is these, um, these sours that are coming out of places like uh, what's the local Dry place called? It's Dry Strange Roots. Now. Strange Roots. Now uh, they needed time to develop mm-hmm. their sours, and even now they still it's still not 
Some of them can be world class. Some of them are. Some of them are just like the the crap that we got from. uh, Place in Asheville. Uh, at the, you know, oh, uh, oh, yeah. What was that place called? <laughs> Why can't I think? Of, it's the Funk. It's the Funkatorium yeah. at. Um, oh my God! Everyone's yelling at the radio now. People still have radios. Yes. Some people do. I guess it's technically called a radio in the car, but it's really more of a sound system. Yes. <laughs> uh, that brewery in Asheville that makes the great IPA that make the made the good sour Wicked beer. Weed. Wicked Weed. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, I went to Asheville after the eclipse and spent a boatload on their sours. And I brought them home and Greg and I worked through each and every one of them. And I think one of them was with good. the exception of one, they just seemed like manufactured sours. Yeah. And we don't have a large bias against corporately owned breweries, sold out breweries. You know, I don't, we might have some, it's hard to, it's hard to know if you have any bias unless you're doing it blind. But I mean, we were, I I thought. I still think like, for example, Ballast Point's Habanero Sculpin is one of my favorite beers. I thought I was bringing home some delicious beers and we tasted one after another, after another. And they all tasted like paper-thin versions of sours. And the reason I'm bringing this whole thing up is because... I haven't even tasted this guy yet, but smelling this guy... This guy smells legit, right? This guy smells... You don't know? You don't think so? I I don't... It doesn't smell... Oh my god, it smells good. Okay. I mean, it smells complex and rich yeah it, it smell smells more thin. complex it, it smells more complex than not but i i'm not smelling like like okay. like, a, like it's Angel not exploding yeah it's not exploding into amazing sure. stuff so okay. I, i'm gonna cut oh, that enthusiasm right. first right. and let's let's taste it before we really get in you know go into it now can you be excited about it I mean, it's pretty sour, but I still think. And imagine in a few sips once you get accustomed to the. Tartness. Yeah, no, it's it's got it, it. It does have a lot of dimensionality to it, which which is mm-hmm. it's important to have that dimensionality because that was the problem with Wicked Weed sours. Yeah, everything was, was paper were, thin. Yeah, there, there was like a few flavors here, but they were not. It was not bursting. You're, this is bursting. There's a lot of flavor coming out of here. It's all directed sour. The first here. sip. The first sip. I think, you know, after you have a couple, we might be able to pull out some more other things. But, yeah, it really leads with kind of uh, just orange juice, grapefruit juice type sourness. So what I'm noticing here, and I think that here's where we can make the, the, the comparison difference, is, is compare this to the Hop Slam. This is really open. And I mean, this is really just like, there's, it's like a blossom. There, there, mm-hmm. It's opened up and there's a lot of different things happening. Um, and, you know, the hop slam was very closed off. Even though it was good, it was closed off. And I think the Santa Fe was more open than, mm-hmm. than, than the hop slam was. Yes. Whereas something like the, the, the wit beer, or the, the vice beer, Relied on mouthfeel to really, mm-hmm. and and you know some some good flavors there, but relied on mouthfeel to really carry it through. This is relying on very much the tanginess, the, the sourness, and, and and opening up on mm-hmm. the the taste buds here. It's a very different quality of beer, but it's, but it's it's 
the quality of flavor, I should say. And I mean quality not as, not in terms of like how you would measure quality, but like mm-hmm. the quality of mercy or the quality of mm-hmm. forgiveness and like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, second sip, I got a little bit past the, you know, teeth eating enamel sourness. There's, um, I started to get the mineraliness. I think my third sip's going to be even bit more, you know, te- tempered with the sourness. So, I mean, that's that's some feedback on this beer, right? That it is a sour beer. Um, might be able to do a little bit better by blending out some of the sourness. It, Depends yeah. what depends whether you can keep the other stuff without diluting it too much, right? Um, Not for beginners, right? This is some people like the sour thing. I I just think that, and I don't mean to to dissuade mm-hmm. beginners, which I don't think many of them listen to our show anyway. But right. they miss a lot of the subtlety here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot like tasting whiskey, right? Where mm-hmm. you have to taste enough whiskey to get past the fieriness to really taste the differences in whiskeys. Right. And I think that's this, right? You have to be used to a extremely sour beer. Mm-hmm. This is one of the sourest. You know, we use the term sour beer to describe a wide variety of beers. Yeah. Some of which... which I would not consider sour at all. This is Sour Patch Kid level of sourness. This is like direct citric acid to the tongue. Yeah, but there's other ones that are tangy. Mm-hmm. There's other ones that are funky. We all call those all sour right. beers, but this one is sour. This one lives up to the the literal definition of sour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd so. like to try this with a Miracle Berry. I wonder oh. what kind of flavors <laughs> would come out of <laughs> it. Miracle berries are are berries that um, they temporarily uh, make the sour parts, the the, the sour receptors of your tongue, taste only sweet. Uh, Somehow. I forget how. There's some chemical. And you can eat lemons and all the crazy sour things, and it tastes completely different. We did it once on on our post show. Right. That's when I got the fresh one, Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to. I would like to get more. Like so, the sour. I was hoping I would get more accustomed to it and pull out more facets of the story. Uh, the sour continues to dominate. It's open, but it, but it's, it's dominating. It's still it's 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 pretty pretty strong. Um, I mean. They call it a sour, and it lives up to its name. It's uh, the, it's a sour house line, peeled yeah. oak golden sour. Can't really complain. No, no, like like I was complaining about Hop Slam. Mm-hmm. This lives up to this label. Hop Slam doesn't. Uh, so I got no complaints in that department. And what it brings is delicious. Yes, you know the the only complaint I have is I wish it would have. Opened up and given me like this amazing world of funk. Also, mm-hmm. well, we can't have that all the time. Yeah. Otherwise, or it'd be called Cantillon. It, well, it'd be called Cosmic Mother Funk. <laughs> One or the other, yes. 
Okay. Well, it's ranking time. It is. One of those shows that isn't that hard to put together, I don't think. Hmm. That one's really close for me. Alright, so from the bottom, easy last place is the Long Black Veil from Port City. It's Black IPA. <laughs> it had a broken leg at the starting line. Um, there but, have been Black IPAs that have done well on the show. Yeah, but this, I mean, yeah, I mean, but so it's at a disadvantage already. Yes. And then this one was that pine needles on top of a burnt steak type like it there was like there was nothing there was nothing redeeming about it other than they competently brewed it yeah other than it wasn't it didn't it wasn't gross it was just i mean it wasn't like there wasn't anything off about it it Mm -hmm. was it was just like and also i've had beers that there weren't anything off that were like really gross to me where i didn't Mm -hmm. like the flavor the flavors were it wasn't gross but it was just like not not worth it Basically, why? Why make yeah, that beer? Why? Yes, exactly. Why? But I guess somebody likes it, or else why would they sell it? Yeah. Then I believe I'm gonna put the Hop Slam in oh, fifth place. That sounds about right. I I enjoyed the Hop Slam for what it was. I the it felt like I was mainlining the booze, man. It was going straight to my head. The honey playing with that beer and the bitterness, it all worked well. It would have been swell if it was hoppy. And fight plays a factor, yada, yada, yada. It is a hoppy beer, I'm sure, but we weren't really noticing it compared to some of these other beers tonight. It, It's called Hop Slam, man. I know. Make it freaking hoppy. I'm going to put the um, the three notch to this one we just drank, this peeled... Uh, Oak Golden Sour in fourth place. I like this beer. I wish it had a story to tell. It, it, it was competent and was did the souring very well. But it was already a blended beer. Blend in some story. Blend in some more bread. Blend in some mineraliness. Mm-hmm. Blend in something other than sour. I'm going to put the porter, the... How do we say this again? Jiviets. Porter, eighteen eighty one, in third place. This one was really good. I was kind of surprised that this wasn't like a Baltica, like lottery type porter or Baltic porter. This one, I think, it had some Baltic pedigree to it, but it also had some English pedigree to it as well. It was a nice straddling the line, and it was a big beer, nine and a half percent imperial porter type territory. Carried some of those flavors. Uh, had a creaminess to it. It was a very enjoyable beer. I'm going to put the the Index uh, Vice beer uh, in second place. That beer was really, really good. Um, it might be one of my favorite Hefeweizens. That body was I don't know if so... I can make that call. I, I had think... to taste it alongside other Hefeweizens to really I, know. But the body just The body was the really show. cool, but it was a little... Like some of them have more like the banana y stuff that I really yeah, like. I, I don't I, I hear what you're saying and I'm thinking about it. I don't take back what I said. It's mm-hmm. it really rang my bell. It was a good one. And the uh, Santa Fe, that's seven K IPA. 
two and a phase two and a half type IPA with Simcoe and Mosaic in there. The more we drank it, the more tropical that tasted. That thing was fresh and expressive and everything a beer should be. Mm-hmm. Well, I have no uh, no arguments against that lineup. That's exactly my lineup as well. So we agree Woo-hoo. completely. Uh, for all the same reasons, I'll go over it again just for the point of going over it. Uh, Port City in last place because steak covered with pine needles is not my idea of awesome beer. It's more my idea of a mistake. And Hop Slam because that's not a Hop Slam, buddy. It's a Hop Whimper. It's <laughs> uh, fine. Good even. Really good even. Mm-hmm. It's not Hop Slam. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deduct points. Well, we've done that before. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't yeah. live up to the hype or the marketing or the label or whatever. Three Notch lived up to his label perfectly fine. Sour collection, sure. Yeah, totally. But the other beers had more stuff that I liked about them, right? I mean, Three Notch, if it had more complexity, it was it was blossoming, but only blossoming and sour. And then mm-hmm. it never calmed down and started to display other things. Uh, which I definitely expect a beer like this to do when it's at like 60 degrees like this beer is. Javiet's mm-hmm. uh, in third place because that was... Um, like I think the only reason I'm, I'm putting the Andex or Andish or Andexer, the, the Weiss beer ahead of this is probably the alcohol. Um I think that uh, the the both sort of equal in my mind okay. in terms of, of 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 flavor and goodness what they gave, but you know the Cheviots was more alcohol than, mm-hmm. than the Weiss beer, and the Weiss beer kind of gave me more for less. So I'm going to go with that. And yeah, the Santa Fe was great. It was really, really good. Yes, sir. Well, that's all we have for tonight. Slam. Thanks everyone for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We do appreciate it. You can email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon.